chapter. I bring it for my wife, actually, you know. She was surprised when she went to this convention and they made her do a testimony in front of the whole audience. And she came and she said, what do I do? I said, do nothing. <laughs> do nothing, just go and stand there, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. See, because when we try to do something, God has little room to do anything. The biggest problem is that we try to do things. When he is the doer of everything. Yes. So it's, it's at the end of human wit that divinity's wisdom begins. All right. All right. Yes, sir. It's at the end of human wit that divinity's, the wisdom of divinity begins. Mm. <coughs> if you can only stop trying. Mm. If you can only stop trying. Amen. And she said, I'll do my best. That's a good thing. The Bible says we should labor to enter into his rest. So the only job God asks you to do is to fight to enter rest. Oh, Jesus. The whole prayer point you need in life is, God, how do I rest? <laughs> Show me the secret behind sleeping. And letting you work. All right. But Lord, how do I go through life just resting? For there's yet another rest. You're, I'm talking from myself because it's hard to get me to steady in a place. I am hyperactive. I'm ridiculously active. It's unbelievable how active I am. If I put somebody in my bones, you will go into a stress mode. <laughs> so my biggest prayer for years was, Lord, show me how to rest and go with the flow. So it's difficult to come to a meeting like this and begin to do the first thing, praying for people without the Bible verse. <laughs> Of course, you know, there's a lot of critics saying, hey, he's praying in no Bible verse. May God help him. <laughs> I'm praying for him, Lord. He stays in order. Amen. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 5. <laughs> Holy! Luke chapter 5. 1 to 7. I was here before. Let's go back there. And today I'll try in the short time we have. To exegete and to speak through the scriptures to you. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 7. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of the Lord, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two sheep standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of them. One of the sheep, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking,
speaking. Say he has left speaking. Say he has left speaking. It's very important to know when he left spoke. It's very important. It's very important to know when he left spoke. It's bad English, but you know what I mean. Because <laughs> when he finished speaking, that's a good time to start speaking. You know what I said? When he finished speaking, it's a good time to start speaking. Because now you know what you want to speak about. When he left speaking. And he said unto him, Simon, launch now out, launch out into the deep and let thy nets for a drop. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and we have nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. And the Amplified said, Nevertheless, on ground of your word, on the ground of your word, you, you better be standing on something. Yeah. Yeah. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking All other ground is sinking on the ground of your word, I will do what? I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they enclosed, yes God, a great amount and a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the boat other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they came and they filled both of the ship so that they began to sink. Father, bless your word. Amen. Someone in here is about to have a breaking net anointing. Amen. Amen. Somebody here, you know, when, when, Lord said, when we preach, we always say somebody because God always speaks to one person. Mm, yeah. Amen. Uh, there might be a crowd, mm. but God will speak to one person mm. because that's who we came for. Mm. So it depends on your faith. If I say somebody will be blessed, if you say amen, you are that person. The Bible said there's a certain woman, a certain man, a certain place. That means there's a certain place, a certain person, a certain woman. No name. So if you happen to have the revelation that you are that certain person, and that certain woman in a certain place, then God will settle your condition. He will settle you. I said somebody's about to enter into a new level tonight. In the name of Jesus. Salvation is very powerful. It's a compound word. I wish when I got saved, somebody told me salvation was not an occasion. I wish somebody told me that. That salvation was not an occasion. Yeah. But that salvation is a plan. Yeah. If I knew it was a plan, I would not spend the first five years of my ministry or my Christian life worshiping God alone. I wish somebody told me that salvation was not an occasion. That they call me in the inner room, in a secret place, in a place whereby I'm alone and analyze my salvation and tell me is a plan. I wish somebody did that. Truly speaking, the first five years of my, of my life in Christendom, I just worship God and pray. And hallelujah, I go to church. I never knew it was a plan. Salvation is a plan. So today I want to help somehow to show you mysteries within salvation 
which you already know, just to remind you and I that salvation is a plan. The word salvation means to salvage, to bring to a place, to redeem, to make something that was almost a mess to become a message. Salvation is to see something beautiful in something that is dying and something that is destroyed and still find out the beauty in it to bring it to pass. Salvation is the wisdom to see trash and still seeds to make cash from it. Salvation is God's premeditated plan to go back to his inheritance for value. It was a project by God. It was heaven's project. It was a mission impossible that Jesus embarked upon. Why would he do that if you were just going to be in church and say hallelujah? Why would he just do that if it's just to give you a tag on your shirt to call you Christian? It's a deliberate move to rescue. Now, to rescue something is, is heavy. I mean, those that watch, I watch a movie called uh, uh, Dogs of War. You know, I like war movies, you know. I like 300, you know. Spartans! That's what I like. I like action. I like blood. Yeah. Some of them go shop. Yes, we heard it. And I'm born again. You know, we go Blood wash. Stop talking. Hallelujah. Amen. But to rescue somebody who is in captivity, you need a group effort. You need specialists. You need a plan. You need an, an entry and escape plan. You need, you, need a, you need maps. Salvation is God's rescue. But you don't rescue anybody. You rescue somebody that's important to you. You rescue your spy that you've sent, well trained, into an enemy territory. And when they get captured, you make a plan to go and capture them. Because in their capture, in their situation when they're captured, they are useless to your country. God knows you are useful to heaven. Mm, amen. 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 God knew your value to the kingdom of God. Amen. You are not just anybody. You are God's special agent. And so when he chose to do that, all heaven was alerted that Mr. So-and-so is in that position. Please, now, let's plan how to do this. I like the drama. All that was God's plan to get Mr. Cancer on the bed. Hallelujah. He thought he was inviting friends. He thought he was having a good time. He thought he was going to celebrate life. But it was a strategic plan for God to bring him to a certain place yes. at a certain moment, at a certain time to make his salvation certain. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your rejection is part of his plan. 
your fears were his motivational faith. Uh. The more you were afraid, the more his fear got bigger. The more his fear got bigger. Because it needs a man to come to a certain place where they know they cannot save themselves for God's faith to kick in. Thank God for salvation. Amen. It was in Belgium when I was at the point of, of death where I had taken drugs and I've, and I've smoked what I need to smoke. Amen. And to, to make my entry into the dark world possible. It was at the balcony I wanted to jump down and commit suicide. That I opened my eyes in the morning and found out that I, I, didn't, I didn't succeed in the suicide. Wow. The last time I saw my watch was about 9 or 10 in the, in the night. I woke up at 4, freezing on the balcony in Belgium, Antwerp, 1999. I escaped that. But until today, I testify about it. Because it was not just me trying to commit suicide. It's God bringing me to the place of acceptance. That I am powerless. Yes. It was you who bought your ticket from Africa to Europe. But it was God who made it possible. Yeah. Yeah. You, know what I'm saying? Yeah. you see, you had to come to a place where nobody knows you so you can get born again. Oh. Properly. Hallelujah. Not culturally, but properly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before you used to sing, Me, I know will suffer. I know go bed for bread. But now you are singing, Me. Because you now know that the song is not just a cultural song, but it's actually me. When you found that that bread was only 10 cents and you can't buy it. Thank God for salvation. Yeah. Thank God for lift your right hand and pray. Say, Lord, I thank you for my salvation. Come on, I thank me. I thank you for my salvation. You come on, pray. You hand pick me. You hand pick me. You chose me. You touch me. You hold me. You move me. Come on, give him a thank. Just thank you. One more minute. Just thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Oh, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you I'm here, Lord God, in my right mind. Amen. You didn't let me die. Amen. You didn't let sickness go. I thank you. Come on. Be up. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Go on. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One more time. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for being free. I thank you for your deliverance. Oh my God. I know that would have been. I know that would have been hell. Call my mom five years later and say, Mom, I'm going to the ministry. He said, Wow, son, there was a certain day I was praying for you. I said, What happened, Mom? He said, That day I woke up at midnight, about 12. I woke up. In Nigeria, I was in Antwerp. Mm. 
and I woke up, I just couldn't sleep. I saw you going down a dark road. I said, what day is it? It was just going into the new millennium. I said, seriously? And I spoke to her, I said, on that same hour, I was sinking. Rescue. Some of you thought this was a joke. It was God all the time. Yeah. Saving you. But why? You see, if he saves you and leaves you this way, his job is incomplete. Mm. His job is what? Incomplete. incomplete. Don't worry, I'll soon finish. Paul said that. You see, the Christian salvation is two legs. It has two legs. The gospel has two legs. One is to preach it. And I love preaching. For any great journey, you need two legs. For any great journey, you need two legs. If you have one leg, you'll be hopping. The gospel is two legs. First is to preach it. Preaching is wonderful. Healing comes, salvation comes, deliverance comes, power comes from preaching. But if you only preach, you didn't preach the gospel. The next leg is to make disciples. Go into the world, make disciples of our nation. God didn't only just save you, he wants to make you a disciple. Going deeper with God is number two of salvation, which is to have dedication. Salvation, the compound word, it contains salvation, it contains dedication. When God saved me, I said again, I wish somebody brought me to the inner room and helped me. And helped me. Young people that God saved now, God bless you. You have to now understand what it means to be saved. Mm. Dedication. The Bible says, he chose the, he chose the boat that Peter, he saw two boats there, and he chose one. Okay. He chose one and I wonder why he chose that one. Again, I said it was strategic. He knew who Peter was. He could have still chosen another boat and Peter would be blessed from the, from the overflow. Yeah. Oh, he didn't get it. He would have chosen oh, anyone and Peter would still yeah. be blessed by the overflow. Yeah. Yeah. But why did he choose the boat of Peter? Because Peter had a plan with him and he didn't know about it. So by choice, he chose the boat of Peter. Yes, sir. And so he said to Peter, come a bit into salvation. Come to the shallow place. Yeah. And when he went to the shallow place, he told Peter, I said, Peter, hold on here. Let me talk about the shallow place. And from the shallow place, he began to preach. He began to talk. He began to preach and began to talk. And Peter was hearing all what he was saying. Thank God for church. You'll be hearing everything we'll be saying. You'll be watching YouTube. Meet you, he's true. <laughs> All kind of truths. You've been hearing them, you've been watching every kind of I mean, you are getting blessed, but that is only the shadow place. Hallelujah. Mm. 
That's only the place where you are saved. Mm. But you see, in the hearing, Peter mind begin to be shaped. Dedication means you become committed to a cause. Yes. Dedication means God saved you because there is a you in his mind that you need to become. Dedication means there's a frame of mindset you need for the future. So when you get saved, every word coming is to shape your mind because God has a future in mind for you. And if he doesn't dedicate you, you cannot get to the future he has in mind for you. So dedication is like salvation is open the front door because he said I'm the door. You open the front door and you get into the hallway. And most great houses have great hallways. And in this great hallway, they will tell you how to behave before you get into the lounge. You see, it, it, your behavior in the hallway determines where they put you in the lounge, in the great house. Yeah. When you come in and you don't want to obey the rules in the hallway, then the, the wardens or the servants say, well, now put that one in the other area. Yeah. Because I see that they're not used and they're not being dedicated to the mission in this house. So dedication means you come into the kingdom of God and God begins to tell you how to behave. Because you are royalty. You are a great man. You are a great woman. You are a wonderful child of God. You have a powerful future. So he has to dedicate you. So the boat of Peter was being dedicated at that moment. Peter heard all what he was saying. Peter understood what he was saying. How do I know? He says, at your word. Most of us thought, at that word, launch into the deep. That's what he obeyed. I beg to differ because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. And hearing by the word of God. So when he was hearing that gospel of Jesus Christ, he was receiving faith. He was getting faith in. He was getting faith in. At the moment when Jesus stopped speaking, then he was dedicated. When he stopped speaking, he was dedicated. Some of you said, Lord, I can't hear you anymore. In Dutch, you said, Fit your cake. Because you've heard enough. Oh, I miss some people here. When you start praying, God, I don't hear you. God is saying you have been dedicated. Because you've heard enough. There's nothing new to hear. You know why? Because all you've heard now will be tested. Yeah. Dedication means you've heard. Peter was hearing that word and was hearing it. And the Bible says, Peter now had to now say, on the ground of this, you must understand that you're going to get a place where you need to be dedicated. The silent letter in the word dedication is A. Dead. Dedication. Dead. Dedication. Until you come to the place where his voice stops. It means, you see, he has to speak so much into your system. Because you're made up of many words. Your grandmom's word, your father's word, your friend's word, your family's word, even your word. Your whole body and system is made up of words. So when you come into God, it takes a lot of words to get you to your word. That's why I told the church, the biggest miracle after salvation is what? To sit down. Mm. 
generation is to sit down. Why? Because you got to feed something. You got to feed on something. You have children. How long did you teach a child how to sit down? It took a long time. Every evening, you have to tell them, listen, I said sit down. <laughs> Until they die to sitting down, they will not be get, they will not get alive for food. Mm. The death of you is about to release the living you. Oh yes. Oh, let me hear you. The death of you is about to release the living you. Yes. The death of blindness means revelation. Yes. The death of dumbness means wisdom. Yes. The death of being crippled means movement. Mm -hmm. So when you come to Christ, he has to first of all teach you how to be dedicated before he says launch into the deep. Don't miss dedication because if you don't get dedicated in God, if you don't give God your all and you don't let him speak, when you come to launching, you have nothing to launch with. Oh, that's why young people have to really understand if God calls you to preach, the best thing you would do for yourself is to find somebody to dedicate you. Watch what he says. To dedicate, you need skills. Skills must be applied to dedicate anybody. People want to preach without dedication. They run 10 years and they fall down again. Why? Because you cannot give what you don't have. Yeah. Dedication. It takes an expert eye to... Listen, the garment of, of Aaron, the Bible says in Exodus 28, verse 1 and 2, the, the garment of Aaron, it says, next, uh, Exodus 28, 1, 1 to 3, next, have you have your brethren Aaron brought to bring to you from among the Israelites along with his sons, Nahum, Abihu, Elisha, and Itamar to serve me as priests. Make holy garments for your brother Aaron to give him glory and splendor. You are to instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom to make a garment for Aaron's consecration so that he may serve me as priest. See what it takes to dedicate Aaron. All the wise men, all the wisdom of the world to make one garment for Aaron. If you don't want to sit under wisdom, you are shortchanging your salvation. Yes. Dedication is powerful. It's very difficult to measure somebody who is moving. How can I measure your sleeves if you're moving? How can I measure your length if you're moving? How can I measure your, 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 your waist if you're moving? When he has finished speaking, he says, launch into the deep. When he has finished speaking, launch into the deep. Launch into the deep is another powerful thing I want to tell you about. Launching into the deep is where you need to go deeper with the Lord. You see, launch out into the deep. God now has to test you with what you know. It is what you know that will go in the deep with you. It's not what you don't know. Going into the deep place is to go to where the 
mission for your life is. God sent us for the deep place. But because he knows that the deep place that you sending you to, you need certain things, he gave you in the dedication place. You know, Mother God, people have heard about tithing. They've heard about prison worship. They've heard about fasting. They've heard about loving the neighbor themselves. You see, they, an average Christian will tell you some things about certain things. Yeah. They will tell you about prayer. They will read the book of a prayer. They will tell you how it works. But you see, they will never launch out with it. Oh, my pastor, if I pray all day, I will get power. I said, okay. Amen. They will never launch out into the deep with their prayer. Oh, they say I should pay tithes. You know what? Let me launch out into the deep by paying tithes. They said fasting is good. Oh, really? But they never ever launch out and fast for three months and say, God, if I die, I die. But what is it in this thing that men of God say? Yeah. Hmm. Uh. In 212, uh, my wife was sick, almost the point of death, the third time, the second time. Her whole belly was filled with all kinds of things. Attack of the enemy. In the dead of winter, I opened my bedroom because she was so hot. I didn't care if there was cold coming in. On the same bed, I was sweating. No duvet, no top cover, nothing. No clothes on my body, but I was still sweating because the heat from her body was steaming me up for six months. Windows open. And I heard, wait upon the Lord. I launched out into fasting. <clears throat> Man of God, I launch out in the fasting. I fast for one whole year. Once a week food. One glass of water and a beer. My pastor said to me, stop fasting because all my clothes became oversized. I walk into a meeting. A pastor comes and says, Pastor Alex, come. I know what you are doing. Stop this fasting. Because you are dying. I said, if I die, I die. I didn't get married to be so young a, a single man. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that same period our church was going through a debt, 30,000 euro debt. We had no place to worship. I was fasting non-stop. Became a ghost. It was August fasting. Some of this book came out. Because I carried them in, my, in me. It couldn't come out. Because I wasn't launching out. Hey. I carried it in my spirit. I couldn't launch out. But the fasting began to push me out. Yeah. Like in my private place. Where's my book? Hunger for Impact. It was only one night I wrote this book. One night. One evening. Yeah. I was so full of the spirit of God. I put my pen to paper. And I wrote it. 
When, I, when somebody reads this book, they will always say, Pastor, when I'm reading this book, I feel like I'm rushing. I said, because it came out of a rushing river. I gave the book to a brother for free. A month later, he called me. He said, Pastor, please, I want to pay six times this book. I said, why? He said, because this book has changed my prayer life. I said, because it came out of the womb of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. What you know is to launch out. Yes. In one year, I wrote five books plus preaching Plus pray, for, plus pray for my sick wife, pray for my dead ministry, dead ministry, nothing was happening. Yeah. People were laughing, ridiculing me, this will happen wrong. But that period of launching out into the deep, Esther said, if I die, I die. Yeah. Ruth said, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. When you die, I'll die. When God see you launching out, he will launch out for you, amen. amen. I said, when you launch out for God, he will launch out with you. Because he knows what will happen when you're launching out. You're going to get into a net-breaking situation. Amen. amen. Until the seed is launched out, they remain alone. Mm. When the seed launches out, then every cover removes. Amen. Then what the tree in the seed will come out. Yeah. I prophesy in this season whatever the devil have held up too long I promise you are launching out in this season and the devil cannot stop you he cannot stand you and there's nothing you can do about it you are called for greatness every demonic power holding your destiny down today we send the fire of God to turn out in the name of Jesus If you read, I, when I wrote this book, Sound of the Last Days, everybody who bought it comes and said, Pastor, what are you talking about? He said some things that Peter, that Paul wrote was hard to understand. Yeah. It was hard to understand. Your destiny is even hard to understand by you. Yeah. Until you take what you know and launch into what you don't know, what you should know will never appear to you. Seven years later, somebody comes and says, Pastor, I just read your book. I said, which one? Sound of I said, you just bought the book? He said, no, I bought it seven years ago. It's only now I can see what's in it. Plain English. It's what you know. You love. You heard if you go on your knees and worship God. Mm. Have you done it? Mm. Or you are still psychedelic, mm. funkadelic, and all kind of delics that we have to find. You, you know, it's that you go on your knees. Things will happen. Have you launched out in there? He said, if you wake up early, I will load you with benefits. Are you waking up early to launch out into the deep? Are you doing it? Well, you see, when Peter launched out with what he knew, not what the gospel, he launched out the net. And when he launched out, the net broke. Mm. See, what you have is a seed. Until you launch out, it will never break. Oh, yes. mm. It takes the breaking of your seed to cause what I call reformation. Amen. 
He called you for reformation. You see, Peter was ordinary until his net broke. Yes. I said he was ordinary until his net broke. Lift your hand right now and say, Lord, I feel this seed to break tonight. Come on, just lift your hand. I feel this seed need to break tonight. I feel I'm about to launch out into what you've called me to launch out into. I'm not going to hold myself back again. I have to stop now. Listen, people. Launch out into the deep. 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 Don't hold the Lord back anymore. Launch out into the deep. It's time. People, you are, I see some businessmen here. I see some, some, some tycoons here. But you got to launch out into the deep. Hallelujah. You got to take what you know. And you got to step out and say, Lord, I'm going to feel like I'm drowning. It feel like I'm dying, but I'm launching out anyway. Amen. I'm launching out anyway because I carry something supernatural. I carry something powerful. I carry something mighty. Five years ago, in closing, five years ago, God said to me, give your business away. I say, amen. I'm prophetic. My wife lost her job. Two years, three years, no job. Then God said, give, give it away. I said, sorry. I said, okay. So I thought he said, sell the business. I put it on, on Facebook, on internet, business for sale. Not one soul called me. I said, hey. And trust me, the business didn't look that bad. It was a good place. <laughs> trust me. Nobody called me. I went for God. I said, God, what, what's happening? I said, Lord, what's happening? And I was praying for us to have a building to rent. To rent. That was my prayer. Lord, I need a building to rent. He said, give your, give your business away. I said, what? Give it away. You give your business away. <laughs> what about your business? <laughs> Don't you have one, Lord? Give it away. <laughs> I'm serious. One, six months, nobody called me. He said to me, did I say you should sell it? I said, give it away. Mm. Give it away? Why? Launch out in the deep. <laughs> <laughs> I say, Father, this is Europe. <laughs> this is Europe. This is Europe. This is this place. There are demons here. It's a set up. I rebuke the devil. It's a set up. I say, this is my fasting. I've got to my head now. Now you have to eat beef so you can be full. 
So you can think well. The same night I said, Lord, I thank you. I'm giving away. True story. That same evening, the next day, a man walked into my place and said, Hey, nice place, huh? I said, Yes. <laughs> I said, What's that for? He said, What's the plan about this place? Because you know, he came in and there was nobody, no customers there. He said, What's the plan of this place? I look at his eyes. I said, Lord, he's not even born again. <laughs> I said, This man is a bad ground. If I sow here, I'm getting nada. <laughs> the devil and I were fighting. God says, that's the man. Hey. I tell him nothing. He prides it. I said, well, I want to sell the place. He said, you want to sell the place? I said, yeah. I said, how much? I told him price. He said, yeah. You really? He said, I'm coming. He went back and got um, credentials that he can buy the place. And when it was, I thought it was in a joke. I said, Lord, you've changed your mind. He <laughs> said to me, I don't change my mind. The man did all he could, got all his time, and then came to the table and was signing the contract. When he finished, I said, son, don't pay me nothing. This business is yours. He looked behind me <laughs> and looked around. He said, I know Africans, eh? This man have a plan. He said, what's the plan B about this? <laughs> He said, who is the real owner? He said, said who is the real owner? He said, who is the real owner? I said, I'm the real owner. He said, for free? I walked out of that place with not one tool. I have witnesses here. Not one tool. I was going home. I said, Lord, I give you my heart. <laughs> We found a building to buy as a church. My pastor and I just sat down, and the owners of the building, plus the people who are the maklers, they were running up and down to make sure that they give it to us. Wow. Right, right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The owners of the building, they stopped the pro they said, We're not going to sell to anybody. To this church, one of the most yeah. the, the council of the, of the meetings are all pings, uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, Protestant committee. They said, We're not going to give this to anybody. This guy, there's <coughs> something about him. Hallelujah. When we signed the building, we only bought the bricks. There was everything, that, there was chairs, there was kitchen equipment, there was the beamer, there was everything in that building. When we finished signing, they said, uh, what do you want in this building? I said, sorry. They said, we don't want anything for this building. All is yours. I said, sorry. So we bought the building. 
And every single thing was given to us. Yes. All the chairs, all the beam, everything church has. Kitchen, we didn't buy no plates, no. The, our first meeting in that church was like we were there for 10 years. Hallelujah. 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 You see, the power of God begins where your decision ends. Mm. Let's all rise up. Excuse me for taking the time. I took too long today. God bless you. What will make you launch out today into the deep? Tell him now. Some of you have been holding back your tithes and givings and praise and worship. You've been doing all that, but it is what you have that you will launch out into the deep with. Some pastors, God have said to you, go full time. What you're saying, Lord, this is Europe. He said, he says, the earth is the Lord's. Since I gave up my job, my business, my wife has never been employed yet. Has it been easy? Never. But the result is like I'm living in billions. Why? Because he is our sufficiency. Amen. So, lift your voice and launch out into the deep. Yes. Holy. Just one minute. Watch it. Oh. Uh -huh.